0: Thank you for joining Bevel Talk, Season 5, Episode 7. Today, we're taking another look at generations, how they have
1: elevated the welding industry, and their best advice for success. Let's get right into it. Welcome to Bevel Talk. Today, we're back with Bill England, Dave England, Dale Mortensen, and myself, Danny Mortensen. We're going to pick up right where we left off talking about education in the welding industry
0: uh morton this is dave um uh, i wanted to ask you a question you, you stated earlier that you you are involved with a company where you do your own in-house training um which just made me smile when i heard you say that because so often as as a, a high school and you know, college and career center instructor in welding i received requests from various manufacturers of if i could produce did i have any kids that had a particular skill set and they they some of them were really high, some were, you know, the beginning level, um, but then they would get a little frosted when I'd have to say, you know, I, I, I don't have them there yet. Or I'd ask them the questions about, well, do you have an in-house program? And they're going, oh, no, we're, we're looking. And, and so I'm just really curious how you connected with a, a company that set up their own in-house training for their special their specific applications.
2: So please explain that to me. I'm curious. My original hookup is because it was the owner of the company is a former student of mine who actually worked for me in the summers. Uh, He has a company that builds food processing equipment and he sends it worldwide. And uh, he came when I retired in 2014, asked me to come and help train his employees to do ready-to-eat food processing equipment so that... They could take care of bacterias and problems in the cleaning mm-hmm. of those products. Uh, we went down and started, he recognized the need because of the, the low volume of welders, the the number of welders out here in the West that are able to meet those standards. Right. He, he wanted to train them. And in order to do recruiting, he also sent me out to some of the high schools to train the young men there and to get involved with their, uh, Vic, their FFA projects FFA. Yes. To, okay. to train them to to judge their skill contest and to invite them over for different periods during the week to see what we were doing and it generated a lot of interest and uh, as a result we have more people to select from as we choose people to work for the company but we still find it difficult to find enough people out here that want to work hard and smart full time. Yes. once they learn these skills, they can do anything they want and go anywhere they want, but they, most of them stay right where they're at because they're learning as they go. Wonderful.
0: Thank you. Thank you for answering the question that you were not just in-house with your manufacturer. You were out and about in the community at the high schools and the uh, FFA programs and so forth. Uh, Uh, basically uh, lovingly recruiting kids into a a wonderful career.
2: Yes, and I've just been assigned as an advisory board member to the College of Southern Idaho Welding Program as an industrial advisor to help them establish a relationship with industry and to meet academic needs.
1: Good. One of the things that I find most interesting, especially interesting and difficult, is especially with small rural type communities is trying to help young men, young women understand that a career in the trades, how broad and deep and wide that actually is. You know, you're not just going to be a welder that's welding all day, every day for your life. There's opportunity to move opportunities to advance opportunities to learn. You're not stuck. And, and getting people to understand that, whether it be parents or or students, to understand that this isn't where you're going to be for the rest of your life. This is just a skill set that you learn to help you move on. Or you can choose this is what you want to do for the rest of your life.
3: Yeah. Let let, let, let me piggyback onto that for a second, Danny. And, and I think, you know, when, when we look as – and I've got two daughters in high school right now. When, when we look at careers that these people are going into, there is – very little information out there in regards to that career and where it can take you. Because if you're, you know, if you don't know anything about welding and your son or daughter comes home and says, I want to, I want to go into welding. If you pull up, say, uh, uh, the Department of Labor information as to what a welder makes, and you're like, okay, well, that's not bad to start, but how do I know what you can make five, 10 years down the road? What's the career progression look like? We have zero information on career progression as far as I'm aware of, to say, well, you you could you could be a welding engineer, or you could go in, you could be an NDT, you could be a you could work with UT, you could uh you could do some other type of testing, you could be in, you know, you name it. And so giving people a lens to just like you mentioned, the broad scope of careers that are out there that if you want it, you can chase it. Your fundamentals are in welding, but your desire, your drive is going to take you down all sorts of different paths, should you choose to do so.
1: Right. And and really, you could pick just one facet of industry of welding. Let's just say agricultural processing equipment. And where you could go from there is, is limitless and endless. But you look, at, look around the room that you're in, and you're going to have a hard time finding something that doesn't have some kind of welding in it. Or if you pick,
3: I love that example. I, I used to tell my students at Ferris, I said, you, this field is so deep that you could take one seemingly very specific area of the field, and the example I always used was low alloy flux core. And I said, you could spend the next 40 years of your career becoming the, the biggest expert that you could, you could possibly be learning everything you try to learn about low alloy flux core in its applications, and you'll never learn it all. You'll never learn all the applications, you'll never learn all the ways it can be applied there's just it's bottomless. You will be
0: continuously employed,
3: and you will be continuously employed. So that's you know I, I want to touch on that briefly. That's that's one area where, uh, especially in the economies that we've lived through, that is a comforting uh, a piece, and that is you know one. I don't ever go to bed at night worried if I'm going to have a job tomorrow, even if this particular this job at ITW were to end. When I, I hope it doesn't, but if it does, I know that there's other doors out there I can walk through. And I, I don't, and I, that to be able to remove that fear from somebody's daily life, I, I don't know if you can put a dollar value on that. Absolutely.
2: Yes. And as, as, as they learn and develop the skill that goes with their current job, they are also picking up knowledge that they're sometimes not even aware of. You know, they're, they're understanding physics, they're understanding chemistry. And, They can spend their whole life in just one little corner of the welding industry and be an expert at it and really know nothing at all compared to the whole industry as a whole. And one of the things that in industry and in education we need to teach people is that there's more than one way of solving a problem. There's more than one way to do it. And, you know, with the the studies that you see going on now and the different – Industries and in different universities, you can see that people have are starting to develop processes that we weren't even thinking about when we were younger. Dave,
0: right, right. That and that's that's the key point. I, I, I'm I'm falling right in line with the conversation that I hear from Danny and from Bill and from you, Martin. That is, the things that I the the skills that I can teach kids say at the high school level. I realize are just baseline fundamental uh, uh skills, and I encourage them. Say you can take this any direction that you want to. You could t- t- take this as far as you can. Wear a suit and tie every day. End up being uh a president of a company, or if you like and you enjoy just you know burning rod and being down in the fab shop, you c- you can do that. I said there's so many different ways. And I like Bill's example of you know if you're going to do a was it a sub arc a mild alloy, you know low alloy material. And you could spend your life doing that. I mean, there's so much that you can do with this. And and, and Billy's um, comment earlier about uh, when he mentioned to the counseling department that he was going to go into welding engineering, um, the counselor actually came to me and uh, was kind of quietly, I want to say surprised that Billy, you know, was going to go into welding. You know, she had the conversation with me and said, but he's such a bright academic kid. You know, he's going to be... You know, <laughs> you know, she's thinking he's going to be a rod burner forever, <laughs> and and I'm going, no, you don't understand, Kathy. I said Kathy was the counselor, and then I started sharing with her the information I knew from Fair State and their placement, and and said, no, this is this is the beginning. He starts off, he goes into welding engineering. If he wants to be down in the trenches burning rod every day, he can definitely do that. But he could also have a white collar job, running a product development division for for Miller Electric. Um, cranking out the, the new technology that Mort was talking about. And that's, that's the neat thing about it because it, and again, it brings together, as I heard Mort mentioned, the, the, the physics, the chemistry, the math and so forth and, and puts it together at your fingertips and allows you to either produce and develop the new equipment or produce and develop welds uh, on a pipeline or some other uh, fabrication uh, place. So yeah, we it was a it was a hard um, uh, learning curve, and I, I still don't know if 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 Miss Kathy, our counselor, ever quite grasped the idea of being a welding engineer is not necessarily – is you don't have to be a rod burner, you don't have to be down there, you know. Although
3: right. I probably would have made more money if in <laughs> <saved laughs> the trade. Those guys and do pretty there's well. There's a lot of guys. And, and, there's a lot and, of guys the, that but, love just
2: burning a rod and having a nice truck to yeah. work in and go yes. home and go to the football yes. game. You know. And oh yeah, those guys well. just love it, and that's
0: great. And we, and we need those we need those people, and they're they're happy, and they're they're doing their things. But we also need the the, other, the the people back in back in the engineering office developing new processes and equipment. Is your pipe welding equipment costing you time and money? It's time to reinvent your workday. Make the move to ArcReach technology from Miller, and don't
3: walk. Weld. Get more information at MillerWelds.com slash ArcReach. Well, so I want to make, just put a fine point on something that came up earlier, and that is, you know, the broad spectrum of of careers. And I was in a meeting last Friday, and I won't mention the company, but the two gentlemen that were the most senior welding managers in this this global construction company, uh, both started their careers as welders. And yeah, you know, they're the top of the heap. And I, I don't know if they have a, a degree between them. I don't think it matters at this point. But uh here there's there were PhDs in the room, there are other engineers in the room, and uh, and we were all looking to these gentlemen for for guidance. And and in this field, whether you have a degree or you don't have a degree, your years of experience count towards that's that credibility and and that's not taken for granted. I think we show a great deal of respect for those people. And uh, you know. And so I, I, wish I wish people could get a clear lens to you know okay you start off you're welding you're, the 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 world is still your oyster that's fine even if you don't go to college go through an apprenticeship program you go into yes. the into the UA excellent that's a that's a fantastic career
2: and one of the great things about my career experience is the great people that I've had a chance to associate with over the years really working hard and having good hard laughs and enjoying each other's company, solving problems and just moving forward with life and enjoying it. It's that there's so many opportunities in the welding career to, to move from one place to another. If you choose to, if you try, you know, like the old fashioned cowboys wanted to go from one ranch to another and and you don't need to start over at the bottom each time because you take your knowledge and skill set with you. And
3: yeah, Go ahead. Well, so because and because it's I'm sorry, I, I get you got me excited about a point I, <laughs> I want to make I I cut you off, but the it's a tight knit field, right? There it's a small field. And the reason those cowboys like us can move from one ranch to the next is because you build a good reputation. That reputation follows you. It's not just about a piece of paper, it's about that union card or or your years of experience and your name that you've got out there. You're like Danny, you know, young man, but he's got a great name out in the welding industry and and he's respected. So Uh, I'm sorry. Not a problem.
2: (laughs) One of the things I encourage the folks that come that I train now and I have over the years is now you know a little bit. Watch the guys that have been in it for years and see how they solve the problem. Learn from them. Yes. And then
0: teach them new things. Mort, I I want want to ask you another question. Speaking of old teacher to to older teacher, you know, (laughs) two old guys. When you talk about being either staying down in the trend of being a rod burner or being a CEO, um, one of the things that I tried to teach my students was the nomenclature of, of, of welding. There's, there's what I call weld speak and then there's, you know, engineer speak. And there's times that kids, you know, like, like, uh, I'll give you an example when, uh, my students talk about, they'll just say arc welding. Okay. Well, if I'm around the farm, I know what they're talking. They're talking about stick welding. Okay. But if you're in a group of, uh, the engineering folks, let's say, uh, if you just drop the word arc welding, heads are going to spin and look at you. And the thoughts that are going through their head is, okay, uh, which, which, which subset of that are you talking about? So I smiled when you broke out shielded metal arc welding here just a moment ago. I go, okay, this is my kind of guy. There's a, there's a time in teaching my students and working with my students. There's a time to use your, your weld speak when you're down on the floor with the guys. That are burning rod every day. Then there's times you break out your engineer speak when you're standing uh, with a bunch of other professional people around a table or at a meeting, uh, so that they you, you understand one another. And that was that was a that was a really was one of those big things to try and teach my kids is when to use the proper terminology for what we deal with and uh, with folks. So because I've had yeah some people call me like go ahead like turn up the heat yes yeah, turn, okay, yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> turn up the heat yeah exactly yeah yeah turn up the heat yeah Oh good, good.
3: so so I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask Danny a question. Danny, did you get to have your dad as a teacher when you were in high school?
1: I never did, actually. I regrettably avoided like the plague having him be a, an instructor <laughs> for me um, <laughs> <laughs> in a formal setting. Okay? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I started off really young running around job sites and didn't want anything to do with welding, quote unquote. I think more so just because I wanted to be stubborn and obstinate. Um, but I did have him as a teacher every Friday, every Saturday, every every summer day. This is how we do it. This is why we do it. This is where we do it. And I'm going to go on for a second here, and then I want you to finish your question there, Bill. The One of the most important things I learned from him about welding was exactly watch the old guys, see how they do it, but also recognize that their idea plus your idea is more often than not a better idea than their idea or your idea. Good. Yes. And, and so, no, I didn't have him as a teacher. I wish I had, but I did have him hand me my diploma and he retired the next day. So. Oh, cool. cool. The you, life you,
2: was complete. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs>
0: I, I I since we're talking about the father son thing here um, Billy from a from a uh early age bill was, had a desire to be uh something in engineering he, that was just something he and even some of his buddies in school from elementary and middle school talked about and uh I'll I'll be real honest with you when he finally kind of announced he kept it kind of close to his vest until I want to say middle of his senior year or somewhere thereabouts where he he chose and, and let the word out that I'm going to be a welding engineer at Fair State, which you know I didn't encourage it nor did I discourage it, and I was mildly surprised when he decided that that's what uh, that's what he wanted to do because I knew he was a good enough academic he he could do any kind of engineering that he wanted to do. So as a uh, as his dad and as a welding instructor. Uh, yeah I had a uh, as, as Mort said, my my my, my life was kind of complete at that age where I knew that Billy was kind of heading off in the same path that I was. but I also want to share an, an, just a little bit more about the England household. Um, I was a, a welding instructor, and uh, my son became a welding engineer, and then our, our daughter, who took my classes in high school. Uh, I want to say she briefly thought about it, but she but she went a different path, but she ended up marrying a welding engineer. So uh, <laughs>
3: who also works with us. Who uh, also Jason works. Blue Ball. Jason yeah.
0: Blueball. Jason Blueball is my son-in-law. And um, just to put a little a little maybe a little humor into some of our conversations here is come holidays or deer season or whatever when uh, all three of us boys are gathered around the table and talking, of course, uh we 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 talk weld speak and uh, mom is is finally, she'll let it go for so long and then she'll call it, call it quits because we're talking in a totally different language than anybody <laughs> else can understand around the room. So she'll say, okay, enough, that's enough. No more wild speak. You guys have to knock it off. So we we, <laughs> we, we, we chuckled and we move on. But it's, uh, yeah, uh, Mort, I I, I I enjoyed having Billy in my, in my class. I enjoyed having my daughter in my classes. And um, there was a time uh, that uh, my daughter, our daughter, Kate, uh, went on, and, and got a degree from Central Michigan University, and she was doing some other things, but she was having a hard time finding um, uh, hard time finding work, and uh, so we had a heart-to-heart one day, and she actually came out and said, you know, Dad, I'm having such a hard time finding a job. She said, I, I should have gone to Ferris and gone into the welding program, she said, because I know I could find work there. She, she just shared that, and she was pretty darn good at it when she was in high school, so... But I, I also think she enjoyed that she was one girl in a classroom of about uh, probably 16 or 18 guys. so It, it could outweld them. Right? Yeah, and she, it, she could <laughs> yes. outweld
2: them. So. Let, let's be, be honest, it, guys. Yes. That is so hard for the guys. <laughs> Generally, <laughs> yeah. the
1: women are better welders than us. Amen. They're just that, better at it. That we have is to accept true. it.
2: I, I need to tell you, Dave, uh, my little granddaughter, uh, her dad sent me a picture the other day. She, she has a group, they like to go hammocking and they put hammocks up wherever they go and just sit around and talk and study or whatever they do. She's 16 years old and they sent a picture of her welding up a tower that she was hanging her, her hammocks. Oh, from. That's so, great. I uh, thought that's wonderful. That is, that's good. That warms my heart. That's wonderful.
0: Wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. I bet you had a big smile on your face by the time you saw that picture. Oh, that's I did. Great. <laughs> oh,
1: that's wonderful. Well, guys, Thank you for joining us today. Um, as we've talked and as I think our listeners can hear and understand that, that welding is an industry that brings great joy. It really does build bonds between people and families. And it really is a generational thing that you know, new technology might come and new things might come, but the experiences are generally the same. And that really, as we continue to learn through education, whether it be formal education or listening to the the old guy or the the, the old gal and grow, we can actually drive industry together and so much farther. So really, thank you for spending your time with us today. Um, We hope you've enjoyed it and good luck. It's a pleasure being with all of you.
0: Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for the invite. Appreciate it.